Hello out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another U.S. Foxes podcast. Coming to you live, as always, from various time zones around the United States of America. I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, coming to you live from the shores of the Pacific in San Diego, California. Joined this evening by two of my amazing co-hosts. First of all, just about 20 minutes north up the five in Del Mar, Mr. Chris Warner. What's up, handsome? Boys, I'm back. I'm I know. A, my apologies you. for missing a couple of stops on the HMS Pistol League, but um, <laughs> we were sightseeing and kind of missed a stop. But I'm back, picked it back up in South London, and boys, cannot wait to talk about Leicester. Cannot wait. Well, we missed you, certainly, and uh, so happy to have you back, man, and glad that you uh, had a good few days off. Also joined this evening on the East Coast by our co-host in the, from the New York Foxes, Mr. Jason Becker. What's up, man? Man, I am feeling great. I don't know if it's that it's one week into a dry January, the fact that it's a Sunday that I haven't had to worry about watching New York Giants and that ruining the, the weekend, or if it's just that Chris is back and it's just totally brightened up my evening. I'm, I'm going to go with the, with the latter. Yeah, the NFL Appreciate will that, do buddy. that to you. NFL will do that to you. I uh, My Indianapolis Colts just strung us along, the fans along, just long enough to be disappointed horribly last night uh, by the Houston Texans. But, I mean, let's be honest, Gardner Minshew, was, we were playing with house money. He is not a playoff quarterback, so... Uh, I don't know if he's quite Tommy DeVito, Jason, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I wasn't too upset because I never was expecting to go far. The Tommy DeVito was was that was fun though. That was a good fun couple of weeks. Though, I gotta say, like, that agent of his was better than, almost than he was. It was. It was kind of like New York and New Jersey turned into like the Eddie Murphy. Rocky sketch, I come back to to life <laughs> from his old stand up special. It was uh, it was interesting, but it was a lot of fun, and I think uh, Giants fans needed a little bit of fun this year because it's been pretty miserable. But um, luckily, we haven't had to worry about that with uh, Leicester City's backups this year. Yeah, definitely. That's so, you know, and how are the Rangers doing this year? Because, you know, I'm a Blue Jackets fan and they've just they've already, you know, checked out for the season already. So I literally only have my uh, my basketball and, and Lester going on now with the Colts tossing. So how are the Rangers doing? Well, please ask me this question every week. I will not get tired of this one right now. I think the Rangers and uh, the Canucks have the two best records in, in the league and uh, are going to be facing off on monday night so yeah looking forward to that one so rangers are, are having a, a heck of a season this year that's awesome is panarin playing well as a blue jackets fan always panarin is panarin playing well he says is a fox blue <laughs> this guy is having a hell of a season a hell of a season this year he shaved his head and it's had he's had the reverse samson effect he's actually had the, the, the chris <laughs> warner effect he's become more powerful and he's on. He's got. Um, he's he's on a, a crazy point scoring streak now too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Mate, I suppose the only difference between me and him is his was by choice. Unfortunately, mine was a hundred percent genetics. <laughs> hey, well, well I... it, like, it just it, it's how you get there. Like, it, it, it's how it looks in the end. Doesn't matter how you get there. 
<laughs> well, I know with the Rangers played well, we'll also have a very happy man in the UK, Mr. Tony Wilson. Shout out to oh, him. Yeah. One of our OG UK listeners uh, is one of the biggest Ranger fans I know outside of the New York Foxes boys. So shout out to Tony. And uh, yeah, good luck to the Rangers this year. It's because, you know, sounds weird to say that as a fellow Metro Division opponent, but the Blue Jackets are literally just like a junior team that they, everybody gets to beat up on every night. So we'll take you, it we'll is take what it on, is. We'll take you on board this season. It'll be a fun one. Sounds good. Sounds good. But we are not here to talk about bad or good hockey teams, guys, or NFL. We are here to talk our wonderful Leicester City Foxes who were in action over the weekend, bright and early here on the West Coast of 4.30 a.m. kickoff, 7.30 on the East Coast. And uh, we saw the Foxes travel to London to the Den to take on Millwall. And frankly, you know, with uh, with all sorts of changes all over the lineup, um, everything from, you know, Stalarchik gets his shot in goal, looking great and filling out that pink keeper kit, uh, Malibu Stalarchik, you could say. Um, all the way to, you know, uh, Cassidy uh, putting in one of his best performances of the year. We also had a vintage Sharky Mark Albrighton performance to talk about. I wondered how long it would take, Matt. I wondered how long it would take before you uh, mentioned that one. <laughs> I wanted to just, just we could do the whole show on Marky and just, <laughs> you know, how incredible this guy is. Timeless, just the postman. He's doing his thing. But, man, I was uh, pretty happy with certain things, but. Other things we'll get into that needs to be corrected, but I guess we'll start with you, Chris. Uh, being gone for so long, we'll let you lead off with your thoughts on yesterday's action. What were your uh, What were your feelings coming away with that three-two uh, win? So coming away um, from home, completely changed lineup, FA Cup. Um, you can't help but say great result. I mean, the performance wasn't great. I mean, the first thirty minutes was pretty dire. I thought. But um, all in all, I mean, the fact of the matter is that we may, when you can make that many changes and still progress in the cup, that's a huge thing. And I mean, we've, we'll talk about it more. We've got a, two big games coming up. This was an opportunity to rest some of those players, get focused for them. But I mean, we're in the hat, Matt. And I'm so excited potentially by the idea of drawing someone in the Premier League, whether it just as a barometer to see where we are. Because that's the one thing that's nagging me now is like, I can see the championship, I can see that promotion, but it's like, where are we on that next step? How close are we? So yeah, great performance, great chance. Sorry, great result, not the best performance, but ultimately we're in the next round. Yeah. And you know, we did get a chance to see us ourselves against a premier league side earlier in the year in that league cup performance against Liverpool when we were eliminated. But you know, I now looking back on that and seeing where we are now as a team and where we've yeah. progressed, you can't great. even, you can't even count that because I, I, the boys didn't know the system yet. I mean, we just have to look at how we were playing earlier in the year versus now. And sure, lots of things still don't seem to be clicking quite as uh, nicely as we wish they would. But I think we are a completely different team then. So I'm with you. I would love to get, you know, maybe not one of the top ones uh, necessarily. But uh, what do you say, Jason? Yeah, I was going to say, um, as much as I'd like to play a Premier League side, I, I don't want to tempt fate because we know it'll be Liverpool again, no matter what. <laughs> it's going to be Liverpool again. I'm sick and tired of playing them in the cup. And so, like, give us Maidstone or someone. Let's just keep the run going. Yeah, I love I, uh, the FA Cup. Like, I, I yeah. freaking love this this tournament. It, it means they, they was a lot better. to me. 
And so uh, I want to stay in the competition as long as possible. Yeah. Shout out Blackpool taking Forest to a draw. Oh, they blew it too. They were up I know they now. did. I know they did. But I mean, I thought today's results were today's games were much better than yesterday. Yesterday kind of went chalk. Today yeah. you had some of those little bit. You had the Blackpool. You had Bristol City at West Ham. Like you had those magic moments today, which was which is what, like you say, it's the reason why we fall in love with this competition. Absolutely. Yeah, and fucking Sunderland. You had one job, dude. You let down literally that you, you literally were playing the Death Star. You were the, the entire world was on your side against the evil forces, and you let us down. Well, they were <laughs> they were doomed from the beginning. They they any way they could have like screwed up, they did leading up to that game to to kind of repaint and redo um, your your way end and put up new to even cross out. Away the lads, away the lads, and put in you know the Newcastle spelling, the Geordie spelling there was just atrocious. Like um, whoever did that, I I want to see their want an investigation to see if they took any money under the table from the Saudis, man, because that was a joke. But anyway, yeah, apparently they did launch a club investigation into it. So we'll <laughs> see what the can't wait. We'll all wait on pins and needles to see the results of that. Uh, but yeah, Jason, just your overall thoughts then, bud, on uh, how, how we looked yesterday and, and the performance. Yeah, we didn't look great. Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a very good performance, I would say. But the difference in this game, which I think has been the difference in a lot of games, is that we're just more clinical than our oppositions at, at, at this level. We scored three great goals, all really well taken very well worked goals um, that showed a bit of class. And Millwall scored two set off two set pieces. That's the difference. We're not giving up anything in open play. We don't defend set pieces well. We keep teams around sometimes that we shouldn't keep around. But at the same time, I'm not going to be too upset about it. We made a lot of changes. We had a lot of players coming in that don't really get to play together. We gave a few kids there. They, you know, we we gave Ben Nelson his opportunity. Um, we we uh, uh, Marcel, yeah, Marcel. We'll just say that, <laughs> yeah. You know, give, give him an opportunity. So, um, and it, it, so it was. Um, you're gonna give up goals. You're going to give up goals when that happens. Um, you're going to probably give up set piece goals because players don't all know their assignments and they're not used to playing together. So, at the end of the day, though, like Chris said, it was a good win. It's cup football. It's not good football. Survive in advance. Let's stay in this this competition as long as possible. And you know, we did score three great goals. I think a few players did stand out really well too. Cannon played great. Cassidy played great. So. We, we have a little something to, to hang our hats on. Yeah, let's talk about some of the uh, guys that, that kind of definitely affected the game. We see, you know, early on Cassidy, and like I said, he, he definitely played, I think, one of the strongest games he's played in the Leicester uniform, scoring a great goal, uh, one that actually took a little bit more effort than just throwing his body at the ball like last week. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, the young Italian, Chris? Yeah, I think I think he had a pretty good game. Um, I mean, the goal I think epitomised his performance. He wanted it this time. He wanted it, and you could yeah. see that. Like, I mean, it's a great cross on Sharkey, but it's a hell of a job. He's got him. He's got three defenders around him, but he's muscled himself to the ball. 
and it's a proper header into the corner. To your point, Matt, it's not. It's it's a great finish. Yeah, I thought I thought he was one of our better attacking players. Um, I really enjoyed him on the ball as well. I think he did a good job there. I think some of the players may have struggled um, in the final third, but compared to where we, he's he's one of those players that I think is going to be frustrating up and down. We've talked about this before. Like he's had those moments beginning of the season. He's had a bit of a rut from October through to Christmas. And now after Christmas, you're starting to maybe see a little bit more of him as well. So who knows what I'd like to see him continue to kick on. I think this next month is huge for him because obviously with players away and injuries, he's going to be fighting with Eunice, KDH for those two of those three positions up top. And so I'm very I think he's done enough to deserve to start on Saturday, or Sunday, sorry, or Saturday, I can't remember now. Saturday, but yeah. Saturday, yeah. But I thought I thought he played well, Matt. thought he did. Another goal from Ricky P. Uh, I'd love to see this thing, this trend continue on. Uh, another performance from him. Just one of those things you think that um, that Enzo wanted to have a leader on the pitch, keeping things tight and tidy back there, Jason. I mean, it uh, seemed to be a really good performance and a nice goal from him. Yeah, and I, I think he plays his best football when he get, can get up into advanced positions, which he doesn't get to do as much this year, which is probably also a good thing. It's probably what's uh, what will prolong his career and keep him, you know, uh, off the you know injured list. And uh, but it is fun to see him up there because we know how good he is when he can get up around the box, and he, he showed it. Uh, it was a, a fucking great goal. It was like just sliced right through Millwall with some beautiful first uh, one-touch passing um, to, to, to get through. And it was good to see then, again, Eunice and Cassidy link up on that play, um, you know, which, which led to the goal. That press, that was another thing. I know you guys spoke about this over the, over the Christmas break, but I've been really impressed since the Cardiff game in the way that we have pushed. When they've got, when teams have got the ball in there around their 18 yard box, that and that definitely was highlighted, I think, on Saturday again with a couple of, not necessarily an immediate consequence was a goal, but it was we were putting pressure on them. Eventually, that would lead to a mistake that allowed us to build up. And I think that kudos to the guys for even now we've played so many games in such a short period that we've been able to do that. Um, I echo Jason. I think that Ricardo was fantastic it was it was really nice to see him to your point further up the pitch kind of like similar the way it was nice to see Hamza actually play in his little his normal position for once rather than playing that kind of where Ricardo plays so to speak so yeah it was a I thought those two were those two were my standouts I know we'll talk more about Cannon and what he did but I thought ultimately I thought Cassidy and Ricardo were, were two of our best players Certainly. And, you know, Jason, you know, you said the word slice earlier, so I just have to go ahead and just get this out of the way. The slicing ball that Callum Doyle played to Tom Cannon, it's one of the prettiest passes that we've seen in a long time. Uh, directly, just what a hell of a ball uh, goes all the way to Tom. Tom plays around the keeper and has one just another incredible striker finish to tuck that thing in from distance like that to keep have the composure to do it. I mean, you can't help but get excited. So what were your thoughts on, first of all, let's start with Callum Doyle, Jason. Doyle was solid. He was, you know, he was good enough, I think. Uh, but, he, you know, he's working back into fitness. But that's that pass is something that we miss from him. He doesn't really get up the pitch 
as much as we've been seeing, let's say, Justin on, on the left side there. But he can ping a ball with that left foot. And it was a perfect pass. And then uh, Cannon, you know, that was a primarily quality goal. That touch to get around the keeper, the finish. He's very calm. He's very composed. His movement was fantastic, too, I think, all game. Cannon was all over the pitch, which was great to see. And it was good to see him get out there and, you know, and, and, and get a lot of minutes, you know, under under his belt, too. Um, I thought there was another great pass, too, from Cassidy on um on the on the play that where you know there was a penalty shout and that was another beautiful pass but you when when you have a striker that can get into these positions it it helps your supporting cast like make those those passes like to just put the ball into the area and run onto it and um doyle you know credit to him for for looking up and knowing that that was available and and, and pinging a great ball and then that you know i think we saw Cassidy do that too, and these are things that like really keep a, uh, an opponent on their toes when you know that like Leicester aren't just going to play a slow build up on you. Like you fall asleep or you you, you step up too high, that ball's going to go over your head and kind of will pass you. Yeah, twenty fifteen sixteen Leicester will be back real quick if you uh, it felt like stop that for sleeping. sure, man. It did, yeah. especially with with uh, Albrighton on the wing. I know. I let's go. That's a perfect opportunity to dive a little bit deeper on the ageless wonder. I mean, 37 years old puts in a 90 minute shift for us. You know, I was going to give Tom Cannon, you know, his flowers for putting in a 90 minute shift and how helpful that is, you know, just for getting guys recharged. But then you look at, you know, the age difference between him and Marky and Mark being able to put in just a great performance. And what else can you ask for the guy, Chris? I mean, literally age 37 being able to do that that's pretty damn sick matt it's effortless with the lad isn't it i mean he hasn't played since september and so for any player you're expecting all right this is the first time i've played in almost four months there's going to be that learning that ability that need to kind of get back to match fitness but with sharky it isn't like it's plug and play you know exactly what you're going to get and i mean for the first goal like i'm sure you guys were thinking the same thing like when it, it was just the perfect situation and the only player I'd probably want in that position to whip a ball in to find our center, to find Cassidy is Mark Albrighton. And it was just a perfect, it was a great performance from him. I mean, you know, you're always going to get a shift from him. Like, no matter what, you'll always, you'll always know that he'll run his damnedest and he'll run until he can't run anymore. But I think what amazes me time and time again is just how, plug and play that lad is and when you know he's going to give you a hell of a performance and yeah i mean it was fantastic um absolute legend for the club um absolute hero and just somebody that you can't say enough great things about he's a consummate professional he's oh he always keeps himself in shape this isn't the first time where he's had to do that like earlier in the season he got plugged in um, you know, other stints with the club, you know, he's done that as well. Um, he keeps himself in amazing shape and he still has a wand of a right foot. Like you said, Chris, he, he puts in a shift, doesn't stop grafting out there. And on top of that, he's like one of the nicest guys in football too. So like, if you, if you don't love Mark Albrighton, then, you know, I don't love you. I'm sorry, but he, uh, I, I, I said this in in our group chat 
during the game or right after the game and like I, I don't know man I might shed a little tear when when the day comes where I I know that I won't get to see Mark Albright and playing across uh wearing a Leicester shirt anymore because that like that play has like it, it it's one of like we talk about like vintage Leicester and the ball over the top to to a striker like Vardy um you know Mara's cutting in on his left foot, things like that. Um, you know, Schlup blasting one, you know, into row Z. These are the kind of iconic plays, right? We associate with, with Lester and, and, and Mark Albrighton, you know, whipping balls in from the right wing is, is certainly, you know, very, very Leicester City. Not to mention, you know, the guy just scored pretty much the most important European goals in our club's history. Uh, just every time he stepped on the pitch, he just scored European goals for us. So uh, long may Sharky live. And yeah, he's one that I definitely would love to maybe see come out and be one of the first players for uh, San Diego FC. How about that, Chris? I think that would just make sense, right? I would say I take it, Matt. Definitely, hundred percent. We know he loves a. Uh, we know he loves the sunshine. It's you. All you got to do is pay attention to that Instagram of his <laughs> and uh, see that tan uh, muscle body of his that he posts every summer, making us all feel shitty about ourselves. To know he would fit in right. He would fit in perfectly out here on the beach. I didn't realize. Oh, maybe I forgot that he had actually had an Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I forget what it's it's a pretty hilarious handle too. I won't look it up right now, but um, yeah, what were you gonna say, Chris? I was gonna say if he has got one, it's probably the most organized and grammatically correct Instagram po- Instagram account <laughs> out there. Like everything's just perfect. I, he still is a brummy though, so you know. <laughs> He does a good job of hiding it. Um, I did see, though, after the game, is anybody else getting sick of James Madison chiming in on our fucking season? Like, dude, he chimes in about some things never change. Mark Albrighton's still laying them on people's posts, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you don't get to now just live vicariously through us after, you know, helping steer the ship into the fucking rocks. And now you want to come back and keep posting this shit. I'm just sick of it, Jason. I, I don't need to hear from, you know, the dart throwing turd. Oh, I didn't even know he said that either. I, I think I probably unfollowed him from the <laughs> New York Foxes concept. Well, the I only tend reason- to do that with, with ex-players. Sometimes. Yeah, the only reason I saw it is the Lester Mercury felt the need to do an entire article about it, uh, how James Madison was talking about us. I'm not surprised. The Mercury loved one of those stories. Well, it wasn't Jordan, so at least we know that. But yeah, please stop yeah, talking usually about it's, Madison. Yeah, usually it's a like uh, usually if it's about a tweet, it's usually like Gary Lineker said. But uh, <laughs> I guess now it's Madison's turn. One thing I was interested on you with you boys' thoughts was. Um, what have, what do you guys thought of Eunice playing through the middle recently? I think one of the things that strikes me every time is I always thought KDH was the most one-footed player in the side, but Jesus, getting yeah. Eunice to use his right foot is I think he, like phew, I don't know what he's doing, but what do you, what do you guys thought about him playing centrally at the minute? Like do you see that as something that will continue to do or is this a case where when we're doing such a rotation it's like, all right, let's just stick him inside, given that we haven't got really got too much in there. We want to give players like KDH a rest. 
Well, especially with Ndidi's injury now, I think that's what's just going to be force-fed to us. I think, um, you know, Enzo's clearly, and we've seen it, <clears throat> even when Cassidy has not been playing up to par, he's been, you know, forcing him into the match each week. So I think that has been Enzo's plan going forward as a Eunice Cassidy uh, kind of combo and, you know, getting to see it. And, and this it's at least starting to look uh, decent, Jason, right? I have a lot of thoughts about Eunice Atkin. And uh, if uh, anyone, if, if the, the text transcripts went public between myself and, and, and Big Strong Lester Jack this week, you'd be like, what is wrong with you guys? Why are you talking so much about this guy? He's not a number eight. Okay. Like, he's not a number eight. He's a winger. He just, we have a right winger that's just pulling up trees. Eunice is not going to be the top choice in that position. He's not going to play there. So Enzo, I think, thinks he's good enough to try try him in a different position, especially because we're a little light there. So I think you're right. I think we are going to see a lot more of Eunice. But I think he needs a lot more time to get comfortable in that position. And I don't know if that is a long-term solution for him as a player especially like with the step up, like if we do get promoted, um, it's, it, it asks a lot of a one footed player who's may not be so physically like robust. Um, you, it, it, it's difficult. And I think he's still learning he's the, the position. I, in the first half, especially you can see that he kept drifting out wide. It seemed like he was kind of fighting Albrighton to play on right wing because he just wasn't very comfortable yeah. like in the left side. And so then every time he did get the ball though, he like his thought was just still to cut in, but you're cutting into the center from the center of the pitch, which sometimes takes you, you know, into, you know, uh, a wrong exit on the, on the highway. So he had some flashes of things. I think that were, that were good. He had two pre assists, I guess you can say. So I, I guess that assists, makes, you know, yeah. If if he was playing under Brendan Rodgers, Brendan Rodgers would have made him the instant captain. Maybe he would have replaced uh, Yuri Tielemans, uh for all those pre-assists. Uh, but his link-up play on the um, Ricky goal, I think, was really nice. It showed that he's got vision. Uh, he's a technical, technical player. I think he's got a lot of good skills. And I do think he is a very good player who just needs confidence. And hopefully, you know, being a part of two goals will, will help build that confidence and kind of make him kind of want to grow into that role a little bit because I just don't think that there's room for him right now on the right wing. So if we're going to play Eunice, we have to play him somewhere else. Um, I also wonder, sorry, I'm going on a bit about him too. Um, we brought him in and we brought um, Fatawa in. And I don't think that the original plan was to play Eunice in the middle of the pitch. Both of those players, when their deals were announced, there were reports of appearance-based obligations to buy. And I do wonder somewhat if the thinking at the club was, we'll figure out who the player is and we'll buy one of them. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree. We had, we had no wingers. You... We had that philosophy of you throw enough shit at the wall, something will stick, so to speak. And that seems to be off the case. Now, 100% with you. Uh, do you think 
this is an area where an area with Ndidi out where Enzo could be looking to prioritize what we do in January around that central midfield attacking midfield option or do you think there were other places on the pitch where we should be focusing our efforts a little bit more well i think if we look at the players that we were linked with towards the end of the summer transfer window and then some of the names that are coming up now there was seems to be two priority positions and we just weren't able to fill them because there was no room in the squad so one is a left-footed defender another left-footed defender and the other is in a, a more of an attacking number eight position and we got the other players in that we needed, but there was just no room in the squad. And that's the kind of thing that happens when you have five goalkeepers uh, on the books. So, um, you know, little by little, we might start to see some players leave. But Enzo hinted this week in his press conference that we need some of these sales to be permanent if we are going to bring in more players. So we'll see. I don't know if he's just keeping his cards close to his chest. Oddly reminiscent of uh, Brendan Rogers' comments. In, in, in January of last year or two. Uh, but I do think there's enough in this squad to still, you know, hold the lead in one of the automatic promotion places and see the season through. Yeah, Carvalho is one of the names that's been linked uh, and rumored with us. That one kind of makes more sense now. Um, when we're looking at the state of things, I don't know that guy. I don't see why he would, I mean, maybe just to get playing time because he's just sitting right now, but uh, that one might make sense and that would be interesting. We did see, you know, we got uh, some of the boys going out and it does sound like Danny Ward even might be headed to Sheffield. Um, We sent uh, Daniel Iverson goes to Iverson goes to Stoke City. So slowly one by one, they are getting out, Jason. Yeah, um, but we'll see because we do seem to have a knack of, not getting deals done over, you know, for fringe players. I mean, how many transfer windows has Dennis Pratt been here when we're like supposed to come up with a deal for him? Um, we were supposed to sell DACA, didn't get that deal over the line. Like it just it happens like time and time again. And now we might have an issue where Luke Thomas is sent back to us because all the reports seem to indicate that Shepherd United wanted to send him back to us, and that's another player then. We may have to to to, to offload. So, um, and we <laughs> we'll see about Danny Ward. I mean, I if I'm him, like I just I don't know, like I don't know if he agrees to a permanent deal, especially knowing that if we do get promoted next season, we probably see another bump in his salary, and then that's a player that's going to be you know very very difficult to move. So, I mean, he's doing the right things for his wallet, I guess, right now. There's not much else I can say about that. Um, But it does seem like we still need to kind of get some players um, out the door, and we're going to need to bring in some cash for them. I mean, you know, we will need some permanent sales. Like, if I'm reading the... um, I don't know. If I'm reading the the Enzo Espresso uh, coffee grinds are right from his interview... (laughs) it sounds like we're going to have to figure out a way to sell a player to, which is also going to be tough um, because the players that we want to sell aren't the ones that are playing for us right now. Uh, Sumare, Luke Thomas, and, you know, all the players that we have on the side right now, we're all dealing, we're dealing with some injuries and we're dealing with some players that are leaving for, for AFCON. So I, I, I don't know. We, we may not be able to bring anyone in. But for me, at least this window, it wouldn't be the end of the world for me. 
yeah, I do think that I, I am. I'm with you. I think that uh, given where we are, our nice little buffer that we have now, uh, I, I think we're not nearly in the dire straits that we have been a past some of these past windows where it's, it feels like it's do or die. Next question. I did want to get both of your opinions on what the fuck is going on with set pieces uh, before we, you know, jump ahead, look ahead. Um, I know that it, I just want to touch the fringes, maybe get your ideas on the on the basics. I think Saturday, you could argue it was a brand new back four. And yeah. as such, it's it always ta- like they always say it takes time to mold and get a sense of where if playing center half like what are the what is the natural instincts of your partner at center half what's he going to do is he someone that holds off attacks the ball so you can argue saturday may have been kind of more towards the fact it was brand new i think ultimately the biggest thing in my opinion is i think since we let schmeichel go we've lost a sense of that leadership and aggression i think a little bit i don't know i like i i i think The other thing as well is sometimes I just don't think that we attack the ball hard enough. I think that is the big thing. Like we often let the ball come to us and that's a huge problem because the other set, the other guys are trying to attacking the ball. And I think we just need to be a bit aggressive as well in that, like that, that in that situation, like we've got Ben Nelson now played on what on Saturday, the biggest lad on the pitch and it be aggressive. Go get the ball like that. I think we just need to push, kick, punt, do what, just do that dirty a little bit in the area as well to try and stop it. Because I think sometimes we also play a little, like I said, we play a little bit too nice. And I think in those situations, that's when it bites you. That's what you think, yeah. Jason, just guys that haven't played it enough together. Young guys, just a little bit docile, maybe still not commanding the lines enough. Yeah, I mean, I think that that had a big part of why we gave up both goals. Which, and I also could not believe that after scoring those two corners, when Millwall had a set piece, a, a, a corner later in the game, they did some bullshit like short corner routine and didn't never even got yeah. the ball in the box. Like, why <laughs> would you do that? That was just insane to me. But um, I will say we did suck at set pieces during the end of Casper's time with us too. Yeah, and. Right. We were excellent at those with center backs like Huth and, and, and Morgan. And I think I think uh, Chris, what you're saying is is spot on. We have to just want to attack the ball. In a lot of ways, Brendan Rogers and now Enzo, they're very like tactical guys, right? So there are probably a lot of X's and O's and complexities in there with how they want to defend set pieces. And sometimes with set pieces, man, it's just about going out there and just beating your man to the ball and just knowing, just telling yourself, like, I'm just, I'm not letting this guy get ahead on this ball. And that's what we used to do. That was like old school Leicester under, you know, with our, like, the famous center back pairings that we've had in the past. And I think Enzo is kind of letting players like uh, attacking players like um, you know Mavadidi and um, and Fatawu kind of play with a bit more freedom a bit more expression because they, he sees that they're doing all the dirty work they're doing the defensive work and maybe this is the time to kind of do that with the defensive players as well and just like you know forget about the X's and O's for a bit and just tell them like you're going to win this ball that's what you're going to tell yourself going into each of these set pieces and see if that kind of brings that hunger back. And 
for large parts of lots of games, we're also pretty switched off. We don't need to be so plugged in defensively. You know, Hermanson, when he's in, not having to make tons of saves each game. And sometimes, you know, when the side's under the cosh, you know, for, for longer, they're going to be a little bit more plugged in and, and aware defensively when it comes time to defend the set piece. Definitely. And I think it'll be interesting to see heading in because we know um, with these defensive pairings, we know how Enzo loves to and has been his uh, MO this year to play guys against their former squad. So I'll be interested to see whether Justin or uh, Callum Doyle get the start against Coventry uh, this Saturday. Uh, what do you think? You think uh, he goes with Justin or, or uh, Callum there, Jason? You know, I, I'm not sure. I think I think he goes back to to Justin because I think he's going to rotate them a bit. Uh, I think he's been really happy with how with how Justin's played lately, um, and Doyle is still kind of coming back from from an injury. So I think it would be him. But although you know, it was pretty priceless when Cub fans were singing to to Doyle. You know, could have been you, could have been you um, yeah. uh, before they wound up losing that game. So I wonder what they would have to sing to him uh, on Saturday. I think I think Doyle will play. I think the way that okay. Enzo okay. still talks about Justin is that I think he, I don't think he feels that just that's Justin's natural position. And I think he he, he always says he's doing something that isn't necessarily comfortable to him. And I think there's a reason why we got Doyle in the side because I think he plays more the way that Enzo wants to play down that left-hand side. So I wouldn't be surprised now if we don't see a long run of Doyle in the team. Mm -hmm. I think Saturday was probably that chance to get match fit, ready for the next couple of games. I'm I'm, I'm thinking he probably starts Doyle on Saturday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the lineup is as we head to the Coventry Building Society Arena uh, next Saturday for a matchup against one of our more heated rivals that's absolutely for sure uh so for those of you making the trip please be safe and be careful that will be a good one we know coventry will be up for it uh what are your overall thoughts heading into this one jason fashion show them how much better we've gotten since last time we played them i i you know i remember going into that first game of the season a bit nervous and i thought you know cup Cub had a good account of themselves but they lost they've since lost hamer uh, who was their best player on the pitch that day. So I, I think we're five times the, the the team we were from that first game of the season. So I think let, let's like give them a rude awakening for that tea time kickoff or lunchtime kickoff rather. Chris, your thoughts heading into uh, Coventry. I think, oh. you know, like Jason was saying, that first match was um, – I mean, let's be real. That was the coming out party for a new young goalkeeper. Oh, He's, yeah. Same as that match. And- I mean, yeah. first, what was it? It was, yeah, it was. If we look back on our performances across the season, we'd argue that the Cov game was one of the worst we've had. And so, hundred and ten percent behind you, Jason. I'm, I'm the same. Smash them. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Beat someone four 0 away from home, and let's go beat Cov four 0 away from home. Um, I think you look at Cov season; they're doing all right. I mean, they don't score too many. They concede quite a few. So, I definitely think there'll be chances. Um, in the game, I mean that champion. I just I love looking. I don't know about you boys, but I love looking at the championship table because, like, you look at West Brom on forty-two, and then you go all the way down to Preston at fourteenth, and the gap's like seven points. It's absolute ruthless 
in that area of the of the championship. And so you've got you've got a set of teams, what there's at least seven or eight teams there that all are about the same. And so it's not gonna be easy. I mean, like you said, Matt, they'll be up for it. Um, but I think we'll I think we'll smash them, mate. I really do. I think this is just watching the side what the joys of watching this side over the holiday and just seeing how professional, how organized and just how ruthless we were was just fantastic. I mean, you guys spoke about it and did a great pod on the it's um how on we should have taken four points from everything. We were a double doink away from doing the whole shebang. And so um yeah, I, I fully expect us to smash them on Saturday. Well, I think we couldn't ask for a better barometer of where this team is right now. Uh, we're playing, you know, what we feel is our best football of the entire season. And this is a great time to, you know, not only prove it against a mid-table side, but also one of our uh, rivals. So I'm looking very forward to Saturday. It will be a 4.30 kickoff, like we said, here on the West Coast, 7.30 on the East Coast. Uh, so um, if you can, get your booties over to uh, the football factory and join the New York Foxes. If you're anywhere near New York City, I'm sure you guys will be having a good time, Jason. We'll be there, man. We will. We will. Um, we were there on uh, uh, on Saturday morning, bright and early, and uh, we'll be there again this Saturday. And Chris, you and I will be watching from our respective couches uh, as, yeah, nowhere oh. for us to watch together. In those <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot how tough the 4.30 game was this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the worst when when it hits full time and it's like six was gone six or whatever it is and you're yeah. like do I go back to bed or I know, do I just get up and carry on the rest of my day I should, yeah it's it's totally bamboozling those four a.m. kickoffs yeah I, Matt, I thought you were just about to announce a uh, a, a slumber watch party. Oh no, when we, we tried that, that once. <laughs> we tried that once. It didn't go very well, West, unfortunately. West Ham at home in the Premier League a few years ago, we got bad 4 0, I think. 4 0, we all fell asleep. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, didn't didn't work so well. So, yeah, wherever you are, guys, uh, enjoy it. I think, like we said, this will be this will be a great test for the boys going forward. Um, so, yeah, on that note, thank you for joining us as always on the US Foxes podcast wherever you may be please uh hit that five stars and leave us a review it does help us get the show out in front of more lesser fans and spread the word so from letterworth to louisville we will see you next time on the u.s boxing podcast peace guys cheers